Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Is anybody after our marriages and our homes and our families? Anybody? Satan is. How is our home doing in the world today? Terrible. Terrible. Divorce rips the home. Devastates the children. Because Satan's behind it. Now, that means that if you're a parent here, you are responsible as a mom and dad, a godly father and mother, to model and teach your children the blessings of putting God first in their life. It's so easy to get caught up in the daily grind of life and to forget to spend time working at being a godly spouse and parent. Also, because of society's stance against God, it's easy to forget the constant war in the heavenly places that affects us too. Pastor Mark will be teaching on our need to stay plugged in with God and with our families, knowing that the future of our kids' lives depends on our modeling Christ in front of them all the time even when we fall short. We need to model Christ's forgiveness and restoration, and they need to see as God works in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 2 with part 2 of his message, Because God says so, I will do marriage, family, and dating God's way. Why does there have to be a believer dating another believer? Here we go. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with basically an unbeliever? Well, the rhetorical question answer is, you cannot. You cannot. I'm going to put two little statements up and make sure it's clear to you because many of you are divorced, so you're dating again, or you've never been married and you're dating. What does that look like? Let me give you the first one. Dating an unbeliever is not a sin in the Bible. We don't see that, but it's an unwise compromise. It's not really wise. My dad, mom used to tell me this, man, I didn't believe it until I got to the place I was dating. If you never date an unbeliever, you'll never marry an unbeliever. And that goes to my second question. This is in the Bible. Marrying an unbeliever is forbidden. And it's never an option. You can't do marriage, a believer and an unbeliever. Well, Pastor Mark, they'll eventually come to the Lord. Look, I've been counseling, marriage counseling, more than 40 years. And I don't have all the answers, but I have a lot of horrible experiences with people. And I cannot tell you over the last 40 years, different places all over where I would 
talk with a couple and say, one of you is not a believer. You can't marry them. We won't marry you because the Bible says not to. Well, I'm leaving this church. I try to say it as kindly as I can. But what happens is year after year, I'll have people call me or stop here or come to the office. Say, Pastor Mark, I wish I'd have listened to you. Two years ago, three years ago, one year ago, my husband, my wife walked out. And I loved them so much. See, what happens is we get emotionally involved when you're dating an unbeliever. And pretty soon you think nothing about God anymore. And you just go right ahead with it. And it's a disaster guaranteed going to happen. So be careful with that. Now, so how do we do this dating thing then? I was listening to a pastor and he was classic. All these websites, you know, mingle, single, whatever, all these crazy websites, dating websites are. Here's a new one. This is true. This is true. Welcome to the Coffee Dating Club. Coffee Dating Club is a great place to meet singles. We encourage our singles to meet up for a quick cup of coffee to get to know each other better. Let me tell you something. This is a church, and we have coffee at the church. Can I hear an amen? So just go out there, have a cup of coffee, look for somebody that's single, as they walk by. Just, are you single? Are you single? Are you single? Get your cup of coffee, sit out and see what God does. Amen? Now let me give you a caution. We can have fun in church, can't we? Let me give you a caution. This is the best place. But there's a danger. Everybody you see in church who claims to be a real Christian, is not. So that's why you don't date for two weeks, three weeks. You date to see if there's fruit in that man or woman's life. Now, they're not going to be perfect. But if you see growth and you see some fruit and there's evidence, then that's worth continuing the relationship. But be very careful because Satan is a great deceiver. I've also had these situations. Well, Pastor Mark, he promised me. She promised me she was a believer. Never happen. Never real. Be careful. Don't date quick and get married quick. Now, look at verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Notice the first thing God does to Adam and Eve. He blesses them. What a great God we have. He's a generous God. But then he says to them, be fruitful, enjoy having sexual relationships, and produce children. This is the command to have a family. First one, first couple in the Bible. God designed marriage to become A family. Raise godly children and populate the earth. So there's a husband and a wife already married. Have a relationship with God. Sex comes after you're married. God designed it. It's perfect. The world didn't design it. And then children come. When you think about this, there was no school. There was no church. There was no government when God designed the home. All there is, look at, is a husband and wife who know God. Now, God's goal for this family right here, this is the 
building block of society. A husband and a wife are in a relationship with God, and they raise their children to know God. That is the foundation that God put in our earth. Is anybody after our marriages and our homes and our families? Anybody? Satan is. How is our home doing in the world today? Terrible. Terrible. Divorce rips the home. Devastates the children. Because Satan's behind it. Now, that means that if you're a parent here, you are responsible as a mom and dad, a godly father and mother, to model and teach your children the blessings of putting God first in their life. You can't leave it just to the church. You can't leave it to our schools today. And of course, you can't leave it to the government. Are you kidding? So what does that mean? Let me give you an example. Many of you do really good with this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have your kids in Awana. You bring them to Sunday school. Do all those kind of things. But let me give you the opposite scenario. You're a mom and dad that loves the Lord. Your kids are growing. And you come to church once every four weekends. Ask yourself, what are you teaching your children? That if I have time, I'll work God in. If I don't, no big deal. Pastor Mark, I'm not. Yes, you are. And that's where our problem comes. Satan just comes and gets us so busy. We have no time for the kids. Or I always get to church late. We're not really interested in worship. I'll get there when Pastor Mark's speaking. Thank you for being here. But you're saying to your kids, they are late going to church. They miss worship. So you're saying the very thing we were created to do to worship God is not important. Now, I told you this would be hard. But that's what happens. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. Careful. Now, did God say anything about the purpose of a godly dad and mom with their children. Yes, Malachi 2.15. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? Talking about marriage and wife. In body and spirit, you are his. And what does God want from a godly husband and godly wife? Here it is. Godly children from your union. So guard your heart and remain loyal to the wife of your youth. So the children you have have been put in your home, a blessing from God, so that they would hear you teach them, love them, and model what it is to put God first. The goal is not just to have children. The goal is to have children that know mom and dad love God. Not perfect, none of us. But they have a priority of putting God first. And it's not just about coming to church every week. Don't get that wrong. But they're modeling it, and they're growing, and their kids see it. Now, look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man. I'm going to give you a four-letter word from God this morning. You ready? And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Here it is, to W-O-R-K. You know, a lot of Christians think work came after sin. No, work came before sin. What God's saying is this, quit being lazy. Get out there and work. Amen. And notice, take care of the garden. That's foundational. Look at verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man. 
You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Write this down. God designed freedom right from the foundation, right from the start. Freedom in in marriage. It's directly connected. Freedom to choose to obey or disobey. Remember, there's no true love without choice. Some of you remember these dolls. You could, old days, you had these little dolls and you could pull a string in the back. How many remember some of those things? And so your six year old comes in. How you doing? How you? Do you love me? Just a moment. I love you, mom. I love you, mom. <laughs> How would you feel about that? That's not love, that's a mechanical answer. God gave us a free will. Do you love me? Keep my commandments. And everything I'm teaching us today are the commandments of God. He commanded. These aren't things from this church. These aren't wishes. These aren't options. This is what God says. I designed it. I'll tell you how it works best. You can try it on your own. And you're going to see what happens. Adam and Eve do that. They're commanded, but they try it on their own. Look at verse 17. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. So in love, God gives man freedom. Obey, disobey. Just as you're doing here. Some of you are dating. No way I'm going to stop dating that guy or that yeah. I'm going to just be fine. I'll overrule the normal. I'll come out fine. No, you're wrong. The consequences of disobeying, he gave that in love. Can you imagine if they went and disobeyed and they went, well, wait, wait a minute. You, you didn't tell me there'd be a problem if I disobeyed. I'm telling you today, there's a problem when we disobey God. He loves us. When you see that, that word die, what does that mean? Spiritually, when you see that, death is separation. That's all it means, separation. It's double death. When we sin, We sin spiritually, and spiritually means I'm separated from God. I'm separated from God. My relationship with God is separated. So what happened to Adam and Eve is when they sinned, immediately they were separated from God. He kicked them out of the garden, and then would provide salvation for them. But there was a spiritual aspect. Pastor Mark, what do you mean a double death? Well, from that moment, they began to die physically. Do you know when God created us, he never created man to die. But because of sin, we'll all die physically, and we start our life separated from God in death. Now, look at verse 19. Now, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was no suitable helper was found. Now, look at me. I'll explain to you. In Genesis 1, what you see the whole time, God says everything is good. But we come to this chapter and you'll see that one thing is not good. But it wasn't like God went, oh, I missed it. No, he knew this was coming. So he sets Adam up and he knows that when Adam begins naming the animals and the birds, it's going to be obvious. There's a male 
and a female. Each one had a mate that was similar to itself and yet different. So probably as Adam's doing this, at the end, he's saying, a God, there's a problem. None of these animals are doing life alone. I don't, I'm by myself. I don't want to do life alone. Can you somehow fix the problem? Well, as I told you, God already had a solution to it. Adam just said no. He wanted Adam to come to the realization, I'm not just complete in God. I need help. I need a helper. So watch verse 21. I'll come back to 18 later. Look at verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he'd taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, what do you see in verses 21 through 23? It's the first outpatient surgery in the world. No insurance needed, no Obamacare needed, just the first surgery. Now, after this surgery, Adam wakes up in the recovery room. And he looks beside the bed, and there's Eve standing naked next to Adam. Now, Adam is also naked. They didn't have those gowns that you have to tie behind that you're always naked anyway. They see your tush wherever you're walking. How many have been there? Come on. Yeah, you lose it all in the hospital, don't you? Well, Adam's stark naked and there. So he wakes up in his bed and basically Adam says this. Gee, am I dreaming or am I still under anesthesia? Is it really you? Is what I'm seeing really real? And Eve says, you're not dreaming. What you see is what you get. And she said, by the way, I'm feeling great. My headache is gone. If you're not married yet, you won't get it, but you will eventually get it. (laughs) And Adam looks at Eve, and he sits up, and he says this. He starts singing, something good is going to happen to me this very day. It'll get worse the next couple weeks. He said, Pastor Mike, there's no way that happened. Are you kidding me? After he watched all those couples walk by? Yes. And there's no headache? That's fantastic. Now, go back to verse 18. How did we get here? And the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, sometimes when we look at Eve, helper, we have the wrong picture. Well, Eve is kind of under the man. She's, the woman is not worth as much as the man. Wait a minute. Eve and Adam were made in the image of God. How can two people be made in the image of God and one is under there? Forget it. We're equals. Those of you that are dating, it's not good for the man to be alone. One of the reasons, well, two of the reasons. First reason, I already know why you're dating. We all know why you're dating. Sexually, we have that great desire God put in us. But what's the other reason? You don't want to be alone. You want to do life together. 
So a helper is someone who assists another in reaching fulfillment. A companion who supplies what the other spouse is lacking. God designed marriage to eliminate loneliness. That's a helper. Can I say to you something? In some of your homes, the spouse is lonely, but they're afraid to say it. One of the main reasons for marriage is not to feel lonely. Good thing to ask your spouse, do you feel lonely? Can I help that? What, what can I do? It's a real problem. Should never feel lonely in a marriage. I can tell you after more than 50 years with my wife that God knew exactly that Linda would be the one who could supply what I was lacking. He knew we together would never reach God's potential without each other. You see, God provided a helper, a partner. It's coming. A companion to complete man. Ask yourself, are you a helper? Are you a partner? Are you a companion to complete your marriage? You see, Linda never knew that she would be a pastor's wife. But God just gifted her and helped me. I never thought I'd be a pastor. But in our marriages, things change. And this simply says to us, Woman was made to meet man's inefficiency, deficiency. I'm not complete without my spouse. And same for Linda. There's a beautiful Jewish tradition that says this. God made woman not out of man's foot to be under him, nor out of the head to be over him. But she was taken from under his arm that he might protect her and next to his heart that he might love her. Your spouse is equal to you and you need each other. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So look at the next verse 24. Watch what happens. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. What God did, of course, not for Adam and Eve, because they didn't have parents, but for every couple after that, they would come from parents. Everybody's here because you had a mom and dad that didn't really know it, but they obeyed God and made love and produced you. That's why we're all here. It can be tough to change one's mind about how to live their life, but As Pastor Marcus taught, our life works best when we do it God's way. We've been told what God's original intent was for man and woman, the kind of relationship they were supposed to have. We know all too well what life is like when we choose to ignore God's plan and do it our way. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. 
Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next message will complete this segment of the series. Pastor Mark will tell us about the first surgery in history and what resulted from it. He will speak about the intent God had for marriage, how it should cure loneliness, and how we can work to create a truly intimate marriage for ourselves. We will be told how to appreciate our spouses more. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving